welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about the legacy of the Force, nine book series in its entirety. I'm Justin. And I'm Tim. And this week we're going to do uh, what I just said. Why do we do this every time? I don't know. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. It just doesn't make sense when we come around to the review episodes because then I just say like, oh, yeah, we're, we're doing what we just said we were we did. Anyways. We're going to do what we just said we're going to do. And let's get into it. The epic triple trilogy from a triad of true Star Wars veteran authors, Aaron Alston from New Jedi Order and the X-Wing series novels, Karen Travis from Republic Commando and Clone Wars novels, and Troy Denning from the New Jedi Order and the Dark Nest trilogy. All three writers have, like, several books already in the yeah in the canon before they jumped into this series or before they were tackled. definitely had themselves established before they tackled their own series yeah, together and like you can see that at the front of the novels right they list like also by this author mm-hmm. and like aaron alston's got like seven x-wing books or nine x-wing books troy wrote way more books in the njo than i remembered yeah there, it was like maybe seven or eight <laughs> and then Karen Travis has like five or six between the Clone Wars and Republic Commandos. And then I don't know if those, I think most of those were before this book series. I think so. But then they come together to form the holy trinity, powerful triumvirate to write this fucking triple trilogy. I can't stop calling it that because it's so ridiculous. They wrote a nine book series between three authors, you know? pretty ambitious thing to do and but if you can you know if they've all got experience writing star wars and, yeah. and and success writing star wars it's not such a big deal to pull them all together probably um they come back they write these books <laughs> and these books are released from may 2006 to may 2008 almost to the day uh the first one came out may 30th 2006 the last one was may 13th 2008 Two years for nine books. To write them and release them. Yeah. It took us 15 months to read them four chapters at a time, for God's <laughs> sakes. I can't. I wonder how long, how, how early before the first book released, how deep was everybody already into their novels? How, was everybody, obviously, Aaron was done the first one by yeah, the time yeah. the first one came out, right? But, like, were they all on their second or third one already by the time the first one came out? Or, like, where in the... Yeah, because there's a whole process. process. And then where in the structure of their own stories was everybody yeah, by the time the fucking ball was unleashed into the pinball machine? You yeah, because I mean? you got, you you got the writing. You can't get back once you let it go. You got the editing. You got the printing. You got the release. All that for yeah, each book. Exactly, right? And, obviously, they planned it all out. Yeah. Um very well it the the series was was pretty highly successful i mean uh some of these books hit the new york times bestseller list betrayal aaron alston was hit number 10 exile by also aaron alston hit number eight inferno hit number seven by troy aaron's third book fury hit number three on the new york times bestseller. oh wow that sounds high (laughs) like that was that was book seven of nine and book nine, Invincible, Troy's book, uh, Troy Denning, hit number five on the list. That's some high-selling books. Yes. Did you notice anything there? 
Well, I noticed one uh, author. didn't say Karen Travis's name. And I would chalk that up to sexism more than anything. Where, like, you know, especially in fantasy and sci-fi fandoms. Mm -hmm. Especially, again, I'm going to say, I just touched like nine buttons on the keyboard. Hopefully this is all good. Especially (laughs) 15 years ago in, in 2006, like... You are you. You have a way more sexist culture that's just not going to be as readily acceptant of a woman r- writing the novels. You know what I mean? Her books were great. Yeah, Sacrifice was the pivotal book in the series. I mean, it was literally the middle book of nine, but also <laughs> it was like the major turning point in the plot, and that didn't hit the bestseller list. And I have to imagine, you know, maybe the, uh, obviously the, I'm not saying this with no information. Yeah, yeah, but like that's got that had to play a part. You know what I mean? That kind of shit is so ingrained into the the system. Like, I sound so stupid right now, <laughs> but you know, it's, well, no, it's, it's just it it's inherent part of 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 culture and nerd culture, especially up until recently. Yeah, and even now you run into it. Like, it, oh, for it's, sure, it's still it's still you run into where you don't hear about as many female authors developers whatever no and that's like until jk rowling came around and like smashed that um glass ceiling to bits where like (laughs) i'm the the sole lead author of a worldwide smash hit book series yeah and in the fantasy genre especially right now mind you of course that's all before 2006 2008 but like that was that gets the that momentum gets, going. Yeah, it gets you know? the ball rolling and, on and all that. culture has been catching up all, all along the way. Anyways, and again, like we said about Jaina, I wonder if her books would have sold better, Karen's, now, you know, in, yeah. in 2020. If they just would have been more readily accepted or whatever reason she didn't chart. I don't know. I thought her fucking books were great, man. Now, The Legacy of the Force book series when you read the back cover of the very first book, it's obvious that we're going to use existing characters to hook you into our brand new characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like the back of the books, like Luke Skywalker and, and, and Han Solo and Leia Organa Solo and everybody that, you know, and here's what's happening. And then drop new names, Jason Solo. Yeah. Ben Skywalker. yeah that, those are definitely the hooks. I yeah, think like, we brought that up for right. what we yeah, talked about sure. the first one. For sure. Here, here's how we're going to get you in. We're going to talk about the shit that you know, and then we're going to gather your interest with things that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the Legacy of the Force book series tells the tale of those favorite Star Wars heroes of ours, Han, Luke, and Leia, with their children and families 40 years after the Battle of Yavin, the destruction of the first Death Star. So as far as, you know, Coming fresh to the book series, like we both did, mm-hmm. sort of. I had, like I said, read parts of an X-Wing book. You had Han Solo yeah, trilogy or whatever, right? You have one book in the middle of a random series. Yeah. But so coming into this with largely just the familiarity of Han and Luke and Leia, the movies. Yeah. And then finding out like, like we this is hearkening all the way back to the first episode where it's like. How did we get into who's it? J- who's Jason Solo? Yeah. Who's got a kid? What's happening? You know, and then 
run to the counter with that book as fast as you can. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a really, it's, it's a big step away from the movies. Like we're 40 years down the line by the time we start telling this story, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's a far, that's, a, that's a far distance. Uh, I was going to say a far away, away. <laughs> so I didn't need to, but no. it's, a, it's a long, large barge distance away from, you know, familiarity of the movies, except for the fact that we're going to tease you in with the familiar characters. Yeah. And then as the series goes along, Han and Luke and Leia, they're, 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 they're like not, a they're dude. not super impactful um, on a regular basis. Yeah. Not really till the very end. Do they do anything that they have moments throughout, right? Yeah. Where like Luke, little snippets, Luke, like, uh, yeah, whatever he, uh, even them them disagreeing with the, with the the new characters is mm-hmm. like those are kind of pivotal moments in the books but yeah like it's not their story no it's not it's it's the story of Jason Solo and the corrupting forces of power and influence in a world of controlled chaos aha it's a story about the folly of isolation and separation about the consequences of denying reality in favor of the benefit of the doubt. A story about how failing to be honest with yourself and failing to be true to yourself is tantamount to self-destruction. These are the basic core elements of this story. Mm -hmm. The story is good guy tries to do good things bad ways, turns bad, turns out bad. You know, yeah, like, yeah, and 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 all the the reasons there thereof, but it 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 is like it has a lot of common uh, common sort of touchstones through it. Where what what ultimately is the corruption of Jason? It's power. Mm-hmm. It's the availability of power, because when you know he Lumai is like kill her, and then you'll be a Sith Lord, and you can control the galaxy. Just kill this one little Jedi. We'll get the ball rolling down the hill. Yeah. And the more it's, power he has, the more he gets corrupted. And the more he, you know, tries to take control of the chaos of the world. And he starts denying the truth to himself. Uh, so is Luke Skywalker all along the way. And Mara turning a blind eye. The rest of the Jedi Order is not even talked about in this sense. Where... I mean, everybody feels like they have to defer to the Skywalkers about their own family, mm-hmm. i.e. Jason. But you're all just as responsible for stopping bad guys, aren't you? Will you yeah. need his permission because it's his nephew? I know they try they try to talk to him a couple of times, but that's about all that they get involved in the actual mm-hmm. But, you know, you see a lot of it along the way through the story where Events are unfolding and things are looking like they're going a certain direction. Like it looks like Jason is, uh, first of all, stepping out of character, going on this military inspection and then joining the secret police and then, you know, whatever. Step by step, he's getting more and more out of character Mm -hmm. and everybody just kind of turns a blind eye to it for a number of reasons. You know, there's there's bigger concerns giving him the benefit of the doubt because he's always been a hero, that kind of stuff. And 
I don't know, man. I just thought this whole this whole book series was the story of how easy it is to let evil thrive. Yeah. The quote that we've been getting wrong all along, whatever it is. <laughs> I think it I think I have it. Okay. When good people do nothing, evil prevails. Sure. It's close. It's close. I, I I'm going with that one. That one's that was the right one. That's but, it. But that is that is this book. Yes. Jason operates in secret, operates in shadow all along the way because nobody cares to shine enough of a light directly on him until it's too late. And then Mara goes by herself to confront him, which is like the isolation and separation thing mm-hmm. that we see right from the very beginning where they, the families break up over spiced loaf. Yeah. And then everybody just wants to do everything by themselves. Rather than coming together as a family, because that's what they are. Well, and part of part of coming together would be being honest with yourself and being true to actually who these characters are. Mm-hmm. You know, be honest about the fact that what's happening over there with your brother or nephew or son or cousin is really not good. And we should all do something about it. You be honest about the fact that quibbling over sides in the civil war is not nearly as important as building a relationship with the most powerful force user in the Jedi order, Jason. Yeah. And this advice is directed at Luke Skywalker, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and, uh, (laughs) and you, you know, you lay judgment on that as like, Oh, everybody's so inactive the whole time. But the truth of the matter is that that's being manipulated to be that way on purpose. Yeah. By Lumaya, the Dark Lady of the Sith, also operating in the shadows since before events in the book are even taking place. Mm-hmm. Because the very the thing that kicks off the whole Civil War is, I can't believe I'm remembering his name right now, Admiral Klauskin, the dude who was seeing the ghost of his dead wife. Yeah. His wife tells him to invade and occupy Reladir on Trallis. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I, Okay, guys, I haven't been able to get any of this shit since we've read it, but here it's coming back to me now. But, you know, that was Lumaya. Yeah. From the very beginning, she started the war. She probably was the one who told the Karelians to make their own weapons and stash them. Like, she probably gave that order through a ghost or a projection or influence or a promise or sexuality or whatever. But it's a struggle to read these books in that fashion of we know, obviously, the reader always knows more than the characters, each individual character. Mm -hmm. But all along the way, it seems like there's evidence enough for action almost immediately, probably from book two. Yeah. And then there's just none. There's a lot of there's other problems to deal with or we need more proof or benefit of the doubt. Jason wouldn't do that. Yeah. And I think inherently family members like in real life want to believe the best of, of each other. Yeah. Which is, it's hard to be honest with yourself about the things that you care about the most. Yeah. Other people that you love, things that are important to you, you know? Yeah, it's that's the hardest thing to always, always to be honest about. And they would never do that. 
kind of deal. Right. But then you hold this up to the paragon of being a Jedi or even specifically the grand master of the Jedi Mm -hmm. where you're, you hold them up to this ideal of, aren't you supposed to be beyond that ego to live in the truth? Yeah. Like, aren't you supposed to be past that bickering with your nephew to not save the galaxy? (laughs) Like, It all has enough of a basis of explanation, but not. Yeah. I don't know. I know that doesn't make sense. We, we've we've fought with that yeah, back and forth this that, whole time. What a good way to put it. We have been fucking just wrestling that fucking problem. Because. Hmm. We seem a lot of this time when we've come into situations like that, we've seemed to almost. Well, why? And then we'd like rationalize it to each other, right? And figure it out. Okay, that could be why. <laughs> and and the, yeah, and that's all right, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's not well written, or it doesn't mean that there's pieces missing, or something like that. Just because you have to do a little mental work to get yeah. to the motivation of, of the character. But I know we said this probably around book six or something. It was too much of the same thing over and over. Again and again. Again yeah. and again and again. Just like, oh, he's going to take over the secret police. That's not something he would ever have done ever. Okay. I'm going to not keep a close eye on that. Yeah. Or or it's, you know, he's, he's disappearing. He's making Ben disappear. He's sending him on a mission that's a big secret and he won't tell anybody about. And Ben's been really, really a uh, negative teenager boy. Ever since he's been hanging out with Jason. Oh, that's probably fine. Because your wife thinks it's fine. Because she's just happy to have the teenager home and involved in the family. Which is, again, where we come around to explaining it, right? So is this book series really about how the Jedi suck? They're not the ideal that they think they are. They're not living up to the standard that they should be setting. Mm-hmm. With all of this, you know, having families and stuff. They were never supposed to do that, according to the original Jedi Order. Yep. For exactly these reasons. Mm-hmm. Is that you you are way more willing to overlook things that you wouldn't be with an acquaintance or a yeah. friend. Yeah, you couldn't you or a can't be as objective. No, because Luke can't just go arrest Jason because a laws mm-hmm. B Han and Leia C the rest of the Jedi order, especially all the younger knights that definitely idolized the guy who won the last war. Yeah. So, you know, it's all a delicate balance of gathering enough evidence to prove to yourself and others that you need to take action But the fact that Luke literally spends so much of the book sleeping is like a slap in the face. He really does. It's, it's, it's like, where is the, is the, the powerhouse get it done finger to the bad guys, Luke Skywalker. I understand he's 65 ish now. He's not 18 like in the movies, but. To, to go so far to just be inactive. Yeah. You know, across so much of the books. But then at the same time, 
he takes action in bits and pieces. Storms into Jason's office and crushes him in his chair. And he's like, you better not. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) He rescues Ben from being tortured. And he's like, you better not. And takes his lightsaber this time. And then they never explain how Jason got another one or where it came from. Not that it's impossible, but it just would be good to know. Yeah. But. It, it essentially just comes down to the the basic human flaws that everybody has. These are the failings of the heroes of this series. Yeah. Is oh, fucking all that stuff I just said yeah. over and over again. Basically just being inactive in their non-decisions. Yeah, just failing to do the right thing even though it's a hard thing. Yeah. Or partially wrong, you know whether it's capturing, killing, or stopping Jason at any point during the journey, right? But it just, we don't, it doesn't, I don't know, I can't believe that it's not urgent to more characters sooner, is maybe my point. Yeah. (laughs) There's an entire Jedi Order. Every single one of them just doesn't do anything because Luke didn't say to okay let's say you're not on Coruscant and there's a bad guy do you take care of the problem or do you phone home and wait for orders well depends on the Jedi I'm sure but I rest my case yeah. if you're a master you take care of it if you're a knight then maybe you take it you <laughs> right. take a phone call right but then you know everybody is is Jason is a hero mm-hmm. beyond suspect and that is another thing to take into consideration when we're talking this through about the inactivity against his downfall. He's a pretty unquestionable hero. Yeah, absolutely. Until he starts killing in interrogation <laughs> yeah, and uh, just... suspects and lighting planets on fire and trying to blow up his parents letting people blow themselves up just yeah, just all the things yeah but it's all fine you know he's like got a apartment for lumaya that's probably nothing oh she must be controlling him oh yeah well don't do anything about it don't like take him out of the equation yeah you know what i mean like like oh bring him back like let's say chessboard and your king is in danger well don't move him out of the way just keep attacking that queen that's going to slaughter all your pieces and king eventually don't move your king around and take him off a fucking board now i know those aren't the rules of chess (laughs) let me just (laughs) i'm just gonna take my king off the board here i win yeah don't worry about it your point comes across though (laughs) because it's a story yeah (laughs) it's not a game of dejaric I just think uh, I think the book would have benefited from more, from less, mm, from from more. <laughs> I don't know how do I say what I'm trying to say here. The book would the the series would benefit from more overt evil from Jason early and more direct conflicts with him with his family yeah oh i don't even know what i'm saying at this point anymore man 
Well, that that makes sense. It would. Does it? Yes. It would. It would make it. There would be more urgency action again? and like, urgency by the good guys to do the right thing and to get or to him do it together. Away from it. Yeah, or like, whatever. Like at the end when they were all together. And what do you know? They solved the problem <laughs> when he was at his most powerful, minus one arm. Yeah. Minus one arm. Like, they could have taken him at any time. Don't send... One master and three knights. Three Jedi knights and one master, and one Van like... Mithra gets a stupid head cut off. And Yeah. So what happened in these books? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the simplest in-galaxy summary that I can possibly give you, which is... There was a civil war over military liberties, which allowed for the rise of a controlling Sith Lord and ultimately led to the restructure and unification of a new galactic government. No big deal. That was very succinct. Papow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Things fell apart. A bad guy came into the picture and everybody joined forces against him. And now we have a unified government. I did, I did make it simpler. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Dumber. The words that I wrote were nicer words. Yeah. The words that came out of my face off the top of my head. Not as good. And all of this activity across the nine books, the changing of the galactic government landscape, of course, revolves around two families. The Skywalkers and the Solos, who, spoiler alert, are technically just one family called the Skywalkers. <laughs> I mean, it's Solo is a married name from the non-force bloodline. I don't even want it in there. <laughs> Call him Jason Skywalker if you want to. But the actual Skywalker family being Mara, Luke, and Ben, and their other half, the Solo family, Han and Leia, Jaina and Jason, formerly Anakin and Chewie. Yep. Meewall and Cockmame. Who, by the way, Never I was wrong. Back. Yeah, I thought they came back too. <laughs> never came back. No, they never did. But I have read the next book series. Maybe they come back there. Maybe we play this game for nine more books. I'm pretty sure they're coming back at some point. I swear to God. Or I'm thinking of in the NJO when they went missing and then they came back. Yeah, maybe uh, that's what... Because I haven't read the next series, but I have read some of the other one. Yeah. So maybe yeah, I'm you haven't mixing. read the whole NJO, right? No. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Man, it must have taken me six months or longer. That's uh, this is that's arbitrary. It took me forever. It felt like to get through the last book. Star by Star was like, it, I see. It must have been seven hundred or nine hundred. It's huge. It's, it's so really thick, thick as a paperback, and and the print is so small. I remember large parts of that book just being like, I would have to take like a week off and come back to it and be like, I don't even know what's happening, but I'm going to keep reading. Yeah. Ooh, I can't remember the details of that face shifting Vong Villip shit, but all right. <laughs> uh, just going to keep on going. But that was a different series. We're talking about the legacy of the force, Tim. God damn it. Yeah. And let's talk about the Skywalkers. Let's talk about Mara, Luke and Ben. And, in what ways did they succeed in this book series? Mara Jade 
was the first one to figure it out. Yep. First one to figure out that the bad guy is doing bad things and he's got to be stopped badly. And she damn near stops him. Yeah. By herself. Her her biggest success in going after him and figuring it out yeah, was, would saying. also be her biggest failure because she did it by herself. But then it turned into her biggest success again yeah. when she's a ghost pulling hair out of her head for... Ben later, yep. right? Like she is the one who discovers Jason and she is the one who gets him discovered for everyone else. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have picked a different word there, but uncovered, discovered <laughs> and uncovered. Um, That's, that's a big success, you know? And also uh, she managed to like bring her son back into the family. Because that was at the beginning of the, of the first novels there, that wasn't Luke. Luke wasn't like reaching out to Ben and stuff. And like, he wasn't like, uh, no. And Ben even actually makes a point of when he is starting to come back around yeah. to not go to Luke and go oh, and to Mara. Yeah. Instead. He thinks to himself a few times, like specifically, like, I'm just going to come to dinner because mom wants me there or something like that. Yeah. Like there's moments like that where he's like, oh, I'm just going to. Come back to the temple to see mom or whatever. Yeah. Maybe dad will be there. Yeah. Whatever, you know. But those are some pretty major successes because without bringing Ben back into the fold, there's no way they win this war. Yeah. How much... Ben stays with Jason and truly turns to the dark side. Oh, yeah. Or at least starts to in a, you know, Anakin Skywalker execute order 66 type of way where he's crying while he's killing all the kids. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make him less dead. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> like something like that, right? How how would you stop? How would you stop Jason then? How would you win that war? Or I guess the question is, where does Jason then stupidly send Ben at the end of the novel when his sister's coming to kill him at the end of the series? Where does he send Ben instead of his Ben go find the Jedi and then Ben and Tahiri fight down the well still, but Tahiri brings him back to the light. AU, that's a this good alternate universe right there. Mm-hmm. But what do you, what do you think is Luke's biggest success? Um, I mean, it's got to be hiding. Part of it's got to be hiding Jaina from yeah. Jason, right? The last two books there, or whatever, where he's tapping into the future, or tapping into Jason's visions, or he's whatever he's doing everything he can to put himself in Jason's future instead of Jaina right? and that and realizing that That's sticking moment, together yeah. like putting his right. trust in Ben being right. like all right I trust you go do this yeah and not constantly watching him and being like I gotta be by your side or you're gonna have this guy looking over you yeah. that's another another good one that helps Ben stay involved. It's just so late in the game that that it's, comes. It, it really you know? is. Like, so Luke, is the blocking Luke's the vision. successes are so minor up until, you know, he's like, less dis- like two books he's disassociating in the Han's backseat. Yeah, like going comatose for a they're while. Just, I don't know. You know, they're they're few and far between. He kills Lumaya, but that's not a success at all. That's no. that's a win for her because as we you know. The, the fork-tongued bearable says later he's tainted by the dark side now yep. from doing that in fucking cold-blooded revenge 
for his wife and all that jazz. And that distracts everybody from Jason for another, for another book and a half, two books. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's too easily distracted from Jason. Maybe that's a nice, a, a good way for me to put that thought, you know? Not more of this or less of this. Everybody is too easily distracted from the problem of a rising Sith Lord. Yeah. Like the whole Jedi Order is just like, cool. <laughs> nah, it can't be. It's Nah, it's Jason. What? Yeah, all right. He's being a little weird. But nah, it can't be. Yeah. The only person in the whole series that from the get-go, as soon as they were introduced, were like, Jason's a bad dude, was Pelion. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he lived Darth Vader. Yep. He knew exactly what it looked like, what it sounded like, how it responded to an official uh, a message from the Empire to another government or whatever, right? Yeah, that's such a good point, man. Pelion right away was like, ah, he's, what he called him some kind of dirt fish or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Fuck trout, I don't know. But like, everybody else, so colored by the the view of him as a hero that i don't know it, blinded what, by what, his perceived what the hell light else does luke succeed at he keeps he he keeps a lot of the jedi order alive by escaping around with them but we find out come the very end of the novel doll is talking about them like they're enemies of the state yeah we need to get rid of them we need to get rid of these jedi we don't need them like Stars on the arms type of shit. And she kind of has a point. Because without, yeah, well, yeah. without the good, the, like that level of good, there won't be the same level of evil. Mm-hmm. Maybe so, maybe Luke's biggest success is negotiating for the GA to hang out on Fondor after they split up. That was a big deal. I'm making a sarcastic face. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. did... He did he saved Ben. Yeah. He, yeah. That's a good one. That's, that's a pretty major success. Had he not, you know, infiltrated the Anakin and found his son being tortured in the basement of it. Would he ever get Ben back? Or is that the scenario where Ben's on the, on Jason's team forever? What about Ben? Where are his biggest successes? Ben had a lot. Yeah, he really did. First thing he did was disable Centerpoint. He turned his dad back from being a comatose jerk. Yeah. Turned him around from being in his blackness depression. Yeah, he saved a five-year-old or something. Yeah. Um, who who promptly was written out of the story by the next author. <laughs> that was, you know. <laughs> Zip gone. Don't need her. Uh, he, <laughs> what else... I just had it in my head. Oh, my bad. Um, I'll keep talking while you yes, think. Yes, thank you. He, um, he, he does have a lot of successes. He's the one that tells Mara all the shit about Jason and the GAG, and he puts her into action against Jason. He's the one who... He doesn't give up. He, yeah. He when, doesn't when, give up, and he follows, even though people are like, no, 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 no. He's like... I know what's going on. And right. he's the one that turns everybody he around. follows the protocol after Mara's death and yep. he does the investigation. And that brings in Lon Shivu, which then gives you the inside information later, later, later 
of where you can find Jason when you want to try and hunt him and kill him. Mm-hmm. Ben also manages to, you know, not follow the dark side. He turns to Huey around. Yeah. He gets the Jedi not blown up. Yeah. He also, uh, you know, he organizes their uh, their move from one planet, from Endor to shoot him out. He, uh, he does a lot. He does a lot. Oh. He recovers ship. Yes, which also just disappeared into the ether. Yep. <laughs> yep, that thread just... Well, not it's not left dangling. It, he literally just went gone. Like, we got to watch him leave. The ship just flew away. Yeah. And then those the one Sith or whatever were, like, following him in their mm-hmm. frigate or something. Ship was like, I'm free! Gone! <laughs> I'm out of here. Peace out. Gotta go. Stuff like that, where he had a major role and enormous impact in so many of the the pivotal plot moments across the books you mm-hmm. know what i mean like and that comes with being jason's sidekick for most of the book you're right there in the moments in the action but yeah it's like shutting down center point pretty big deal that first time that first time was, when he's talking to the anakin bot yep yeah, exactly what about uh Failures for the Skywalker family. Now, I mean, everybody has a lot of failures in these books. Mm-hmm. And you said the one, the biggest one for Mara already. When she went after Jason, she failed to even tell her husband. Yeah, she left him sleeping. Other dude in the galaxy. She made sure he stayed sleeping. Hey, say what you just said again. She left him <laughs> sleeping because that's all he's fucking doing. Yeah, yeah. All you got to do is get up and walk out. And guess what he's doing? Sleeping. You get in there and walk in and bring his son's boots to him, sleeping on the back of seat of the Millennium Falcon with no shields on, sleeping. <laughs> that time he was doing something though. Yeah, not enough though. But seriously, yeah, that was a that was a major, obviously fatal flaw. Yeah, but that was you know that is that is that earned by the narrative of the of the you know, the families being isolated and separated from each other and the governments are isolated and separated, you know, with the civil war and stuff like that is, is her not teaming up with Luke Skywalker earned? I don't think so. No, I, is it just because Ben said, don't tell dad. I think it's like at a certain point you have to betray your 13 year olds trust to save the galaxy. right? Yeah. I think it's more, she, didn't want to taint Luke right with the dark side that she's already a, right. been a part of. She was like, uh, this is not a recovery mission. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm going to go assassinate this yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Th- this is, this, this is, is a dark, mur- this is a dark mission. This is a, this is a murder mission now, but that's not earned either because she, she should have had that inner monologue of which now correct me if I'm wrong, people of the internet, but I don't think I am. When she was going to get Jason, she should have had some thought process of being like, this is probably going to force me to turn darker, yeah. but I'll take that responsibility so my husband doesn't have to. Who better to save me than Luke Skywalker if I turn darker again? You know, that's not there. Yeah. That connective tissue from thought to decision to action of emotion is what connects those things. Her feeling responsible for this and strong 
enough to resist the dark side, but knowing that it's going to taint her like Luke later. Yeah. When he's like, I can't go kill Jason. I'll turn to the dark side. I've seen it in the future. Well, maybe you don't need to see it in the future to have a little bit of fucking wherewithal and forethought to be like, (laughs) I'm going to go assassinate Jason. I should have a thought about how this is going to maybe impact me and my resonance and or my, my standing in the dark side. How many dark side points is this going to get me? Yeah. You know, but that's not there. She's just like, I can't, Oh, I'm the spy. I'm the assassin. I'll do it myself. Sleep tight, farm boy. What the fuck ever. Yeah. Did she leave him a note? Yeah, she did. Yeah, and she he did. Keep, keeps it, balls it up and plugs a hole on his console, the X-Wing with it, <laughs> and then right. smooths it all out and puts it in like a special case after she's gone. Big mistake. Just separation, isolation. Mm-hmm. And Luke's is pretty much the same thing. Failing to reconnect with his solo half of the family for seven ninths of the book series. That's has got to be his biggest failing. Yeah. Failing to reconnect with them in a way that they're having a meaningful conversation about what the hell is happening with Jason and where are you guys? (laughs) And what happened to that prime minister and what happened to that next prime minister? You know, and the two after that, yeah, so so what did happen to those prime ministers? Just step off course here. The first one got blown up on that habitat that they were having a peace meeting at. Yep. The second one got assassinated by Boba Fett and Han Solo. That was Thraken, right? Yep. The third one got assassinated by Ben. By ben. And the fourth guy, Denjax Tepler, was never mentioned again because neither was the Confederation. Yep. And neither was the GA government after they after Luke scored his great success at Fondor in <laughs> yeah. negotiating a fucking landing spot. Hey, let the let them live here for a bit. Okay. Okay, they'll be here forever because you'll never see them again. Yeah. Next time you hear about them, <laughs> Dallas in charge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was it for Nihal. That was it. Yeah. She failed to keep the fleet together. The government fractured. The military is split by Jason between herself and himself. And that's the last you hear of her. Pretty much. She sells out to Luke and stuff. Yeah. Shortly thereafter where she's like, oh, he's going to Fondor with mines. And then that's it. Where she, the last thing we see her do. And maybe this is why it's the last thing we see her do. Because she purposely gets her own people killed. And they're blown up. Yeah. To stop Jason. <laughs> You know, well, she gets Jason's people killed, which are GA people, which are sort of her people. Her people, yeah. So maybe that, but how about just a quick mention? <laughs> Drop her name. Yeah, because where did she go? Hey, maybe we'll find out <laughs> next week. <No. laughs> what do you think was Ben's biggest failure? Oh boy, he had so many successes. It's- Hard to think of one off the top of your head, isn't it? Yeah, he had so many successes. Um, his only real failure was, or failures, was when he was still following Jason. Mm. Like when he, uh, when he killed killed those... that that innocent dude on the guy with the daughter, right? I mean, yeah, that guy. You have this this powerful necklace. I need to kill you for. He he ki- he kills that unarmed guy. Um, when they're busting right, into when the they're, thing, when they're raiding with the GAG, yeah, and he feels bad because it turns out the guy was unarmed. Well, 
his, his friend right next to him had a weapon, but all right. Yeah. You know, I, it's hard to say that he has very many failings at all, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, he just, yeah, you're right. The only time he's failing is when he's a 13 year old under someone else's direction. Yeah. Left to his direction. left to his own devices. And because left... his parents failed. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest success story of the Skywalker family in this book series is definitely Benjamin. Yeah. And is the barely a teenager person. <sighs> what does he fail at? Nothing. He's thirteen and fourteen. Yeah. Like er- everything he does wrong is absolutely reasonable to me. And maybe he's my new character from this book and new favorite character from this book series. But I don't know, man. I just don't remember him doing a whole lot of things wrong. He almost tried to kill Jason at the wrong time. That would have made him tainted with the dark side. Yeah, he he you tried know tried to arrest his uncle. And his aunt? He, he, yeah. <laughs> that was a tough one. And Jaina at the yeah. same time. They she... just kind of laughed at him. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. That was pretty great. Um, shit. I just, he, I don't know, man. He even, he even outsmarted a training droid at the temple. He, he outlogicked the Anakin bot. Yeah, like he even like it's so good. He's the new Jason, you know. He is, he is. Now let's talk about that. He is the one being set up as the main character for the next series. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about, this series isn't Han and Leia and Luke's story. Neither is the next one. No, <laughs> it's Jaina and Ben's story. You know, going forward, they're the main focus, and Ben. You set him up as a an incomplete hero in this book series where he worked for the bad guy for a little bit. He even did some good things while he was working for the bad guy. Like he stopped some terrorism with the GAG and all that kind of jazz. Yeah. But he also did some things, some misguided things under, under the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And then he had a string of tremendous successes having turned away from that evil mentor. He, he redeems, he saves Tahiri, not redeems her, but he brings her back to the light at the end of the book series. Yeah. He does it with compassion and understanding from being in that situation. You know, he is being groomed to be the next main character. Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't have a lot of failures. No. They have a lot of changes, though. And over the course of the book series, well, Mara's biggest change is that she dies. She's gone. She's yeah. not in. She's not in the story anymore. She's dead. Yeah. One like a main character across the last fifteen years, previous to writing these books, she's dead. Luke's wife, Ben's mom. She's gone. Yep. She she didn't have a whole lot of change throughout the book series. She's gone halfway through. She was kind of 
consistent throughout, you know? She was protective mother, vicious hunter, and, you know, a, a nasty surprise to anybody on her bad side. And she didn't, in the end, re- her change would have been calling Luke Skywalker in for backup to go get Jason Solo. Like, yeah. that would have been a pivotal character change. Well, of course she didn't, and then she's yeah. dead. What do you What do you think? Luke's changes were across these nine books. What What was different about him by the end than the beginning? Other than what? I mean, he other was than doing something heavier and guiltier. Yeah, it's more trusting than at the beginning. Like even though he was keeping stuff secret, he was trusting other people. You mean in like a delegation sort of way? Yeah. Hey, do this. And then he would go and keep other secrets, but Hey, make make important decisions. Yeah. I just I see him at the beginning of the of the novels, he's like shirking his responsibilities. And yeah. that and that comes through truest when like you said, when Ben has that fucking finger wagging stern talking to his dad. Where yeah. He's like, You're you wanna be dead. You're doing nothing. Knock it off. Yeah. Smart enough. <laughs> Figure it out, old man. Right. And then it's at that point that he kind of has his biggest change, right? He the big he, he wakes up and reconnects to his son. And so if you want to look forward again from what, what that biggest change is, is that it's gonna be Luke and Ben together now. Mm-hmm. It's it's not gonna be Luke Skywalker, the grandmaster of the Jedi leading the Jedi Order is his most important thing in the world anymore. I don't, I don't think so. I think now he's going to be focused on a tag team type of thing. Yeah. Spend as much time as I can with my son. My wife died. Look how fragile life is type of thing. But is he really super different from beginning to end? In the end, he doesn't. We don't know. We don't really hear from his perspective for the last two books. No. The only times you ever see him are when he's... Delegating to Ben. Yeah, when he's telling other people to do stuff or he's... Telling people he can't do stuff. Yeah, because... And then... Or he's doing secret things that he can't tell other people about. Or flying that bombing run that one time. Yeah, the one time. You know. He's... but, But he doesn't... He doesn't really change all that much. And maybe we're looking for change in the wrong place. This is a 60-year-old man. That's what I was about to say. It's like, how much do you change once you hit 60? Right, right. Well, what about Ben? Because I would say the obvious answer is drastic changes abound. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like he, he went from a little bit of an impetuous, um maybe a little bit of entitlement sort of rocky relationship teenager where he's the only person he's really nice to is Jason barely using his, the force powers at all. Yeah, not really. You're right. You're right. That's an important thing that has gone out of my mind since the beginning of the book. It's been swept away or the series. I keep saying the book as if it is, is a 3000 page (laughs) legacy of the force book. I'd buy it. But you're right, man. He's not super connected to the Force at the beginning. And he's not trusting of it. He's not well-trained. He's not a good a lightsaber man. <laughs> yeah. Say swordsman. You know, he's not, he's not good with his Force powers. He's not good with 
decision making because he's never had responsibility. This this is this whole <laughs> fuck. What a bad question for him because this book series is Ben grows up. Yeah, you know he goes from being the tag along teenager to trusted sidekick mm-hmm. to man on his own. They even because but, sorry I was just gonna say because yeah. by the end. As much as I was just saying, from Luke's perspective, it's tag team for the two of them. In the end, Ben is like, he like like you said, he saves all the Jedi by himself from Tahiri and their nuclear bomb. Every so many of his successes are on his own. Yeah, almost all of them. When he's thinking, when he goes for to center himself. point, he splits up from Jason. You know, when he goes to the to. Uh, what was it? Whatever Sith planet it was that he and went to. Was he on? Was he on Zyast? Yeah, that's where he got ship at. Um, when he goes there by himself, great success. All the things he does, he has that journey of growing into responsibility and power. Yeah, they from, even, they even make a point of him of his birthday takes place like yeah. it's at his he's actually his getting older point by himself yeah he's actually getting older and it's after that moment that he starts really thinking for himself and not following jason's orders yeah. to a t right because he starts starving and then he accidentally kills a dude who seems pretty innocent didn't know why he had the necklace or whatever it was a delivery man he brought a fucking five-year-old kid with him which is of course an echo for the alana thing and the danger that these people are putting their children in. um success 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 yeah. all along the way and what changes in him is well it becomes way more powerful on Zyos when he has to, you know, defend himself and the girl and stuff like that. There's that boulder up and destroys a TIE fighter. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And he's like, I've never lifted anything half the size of my life or whatever. He becomes more confident, more powerful, more capable and all around wiser. Mm -hmm. We said this a lot about Jason Look at all the dumbass things he's doing that he would never have done before because he was this guy. He was this attuned, in touch, emotional beacon of goodness yeah. <laughs> in the force. You know what I mean? That's Ben at 14 is Jason at 14. Yeah. Just less practiced. It's. You know, the parallel serves its purpose and it's obvious for what it's doing. You know, obviously we're taking Ben in a new direction, setting him up to be the new Jason, the, you know, the, the most interesting character that people want to buy books about Yeah, from the new characters is, is essentially it. But, you know, in a slightly different way where he has done things that he doesn't love, although, you know. So did Jason during the Yuzhan Vong War, but he wasn't 14. Yeah. You know, he was like 20-whatever. Seven. His daughter's five, so he was probably 25 when yeah. the war started. Some shit like that. In about there, yeah. And so, you know, it's a different, different shades of the same theme. And we've got Ben changed completely from beginning to end. 
Where you're right. You said he doesn't trust the force. He doesn't trust his own family. He doesn't trust his dad no. or his mom. The only person he trusts is Jason. And then by the end, well, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. He trusts everybody that he possibly can. Even Tahiri in the bottom of a pit with a nuclear bomb. Yeah, where she could, boop, done. Even with the force, she could have done it. I don't understand that part, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. He's completely changed into a hero of the Civil War. A, a silent hero. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, nobody's going to know that he was the one who set up the spy meeting to find out where Jason is. Or nobody's going to know that he's the one, like, I mean, I'm talking about the public. Mm-hmm. The public, like, in the way that Jason was, like, a public hero, public figure after the Yuuzhan Vong War. Nobody's going to know that Ben was the one that shut down Centerpoint. Or he was the one that saved all the Jedi or relocated the Jedi. Or he was the one that told his mom that Jason was a Sith and started unraveling the whole mystery in the first place. Nobody's going to know as a 14-year-old that carried out the investigation of his murdered mother that again turned the tide of the whole fucking situation he's gonna be the unsung hero yeah whereas jason was sung from the goddamn mountaintops <laughs> and what a nice little juxtaposition to to have for our next leading man you know mm-hmm. similar but different yeah. traumatized at a younger age more responsible and wise at a younger age Whereas, like, uh, you know, Jason was telling jokes and cutting his girlfriend's arm off. When yeah, he was, was kind of goofy. He was, he was. And that's not to say Ben won't maybe become more goofy if he, as he steps out of wartime and stuff. Right? Yeah. I mean, he was 13 and signed up with the fucking. The secret, secret police. police, for God's yeah. sake. 13. How did they let him do that? Just because Jason said so. Yeah, that's all it was. Big changes for the Skywalker family. On the whole. Yep. Mara is gone. Luke is less connected to the Jedi Order than ever before. Emotionally. Mm-hmm. And Ben is a completely new guy. He's almost as tall as his dad. He smells like a man. <laughs> Women want him. And that's what we have moving forward for the Skywalker family. Now let's talk about the solos. Han and Leia and their two surviving children, Jaina and Jason. I'm going to take a long pause here. Stretch it out to see how it feels. That this is about how often the rest of them popped in and out of the series. Ah. Feels empty in between there, doesn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it might only be a few seconds at a time, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't fill the space as it needs to. Han and Leia are gone from the end of the first book. Middle of the first book? When is that spice loaf conversation? It's got to be early. It, it's really early. It's right yeah, after it's like that first center point the mission. second chapter or some shit. And the, those pauses after actually... After that missile factory uh, mission, right? Those yeah. pauses actually were super good because that actually reminds me of how it felt with Han, Han and Leia specifically. Just them not being around? Awkward. Yeah. 
just so strange. Hey, like, um, your son's gone wild. Where are you? Uh, they're off visiting Lando. He, he, he kicked his sister out of the military. Where are you? Oh, they're off assassinating Korean prime minister. Yeah. Yeah. Han and Leia were not where they needed to be when they needed to be there. And that's not Han and Leia. No, they're always in the middle of everything. Right. And okay. Now let's think about it that way. Is it okay to curveball these guys for one story where they're not always in the right place at the right time. They're not always where they need to be to help everybody. They're somehow Leia is allowing Han to be all selfish and self-centered and Mm -hmm. fly off to Corellia when the fucking war starts and stuff, instead of supporting the rightful just government. Somehow she allows that. That's okay, I guess. You know, hot-blooded Karelian. Mm-hmm. Check it and see and stuff. Mm-hmm. Fever of blood stripes of three. Da, da, da. I don't know, maybe they have three stripes on their pants. I know it's just one. Shut up. Might be two. They, they, they do call them blood stripes, so there's got to be more than one. Well, it could be one. One on per leg. leg. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, back to the point. Maybe that's okay. Once for them to not for one story for them to not be in the right place at the right time where they need to be to be the heroes, but not when the story is about your son. That's yeah. not a good, a good story to have them absent from that's. It seems contrived. Obviously it is. We're mm-hmm. talking about a fucking <laughs> imagined and written narrative. Yep. But it doesn't feel like the right choice for them to just be absent so much. It doesn't follow what traditionally their characters would do. It doesn't right f- quite fit their expectations where, okay, Leia is polis- politician supreme. Mm-hmm. And so a part of it makes sense for her to go with Han to Corellia if she's going to be doing political shit for the GA. That she is uh, beholden to by oath. Cool. Um, that would that would make a certain kind of sense, but that doesn't happen. Uh, they also never get in touch with Luke. They just are doing all kinds of wacky shit on the other side of the galaxy. That is impactful, pivotal stuff to the machinations of the war as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because they're killing prime ministers and they're making deals to kill other prime ministers and they're breaking into Jesus the the, the hapes, uh Yeah, they're breaking in the royal palace and yeah. stuff and But not checking in on their son, who's now the head of the secret police, or who is now joint chief of state, or who is now proclaiming himself Dark Lord of the Sith. Or who just brought you Boba Fett's daughter in a body bag? Hmm? You're just like, oh my god, my son would never do that. And you fly away. <laughs> you know? 
Leia feels... threatens, him once, threatens him once. Yeah, exactly. You better knock it off. Yeah. But it feels so disingenuously contrived. Mm-hmm. Where it... I want to say lazy, but that's not right. It's just not rich enough of a reason for them to be absent. Yeah, it's Han's... the easy way to get them out of the books to make it someone else's story. And but, the problem is like... It's it, what it really is is a commentary on that fucking hot blooded. I keep saying that patriotism, mm-hmm. you know, that was very fresh in North America in 2006, five years after terrorist attack. If you want on the on the Pentagon and the World Trade Center, but that patriotism. Coming from Han, okay, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense for Leia to allow this. No. She has always been the boss of their relationship. Yeah, she's been in his compass and his... Yeah. Like... She is his his morality, man. Yeah. He's the reason... She is the reason he comes back in episode six. Mm-hmm. Five? Six. Six. When he's like, I just got unfrozen. I got my money. I got to go pay Jabba. You'll never see me again. And she's like, oh, that's all you are. Uh-uh. And it's that disdain from the person that he loves that draws him back into the light, right? <laughs> Choppy little dumb, dumb, uh, dumbing it down sort of way that I just laid it out there. But this doesn't make sense. How, how does she just let him abandon their entire family? And she does so too by proxy. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I can't wrap my head around it. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem right. My only explanation is they lost Chewie. They lost Anakin and it's too hard to face what's happening to Jason. But again, that can be an inner monologue. Yeah. Where you say exactly that. And maybe that is fucking kindergarten shit mm-hmm. where you're not supposed to tell uh, me directly what the emotions are. I'm supposed to infer them by action and context or whatever. Piss on that. Yeah. Emotions inform the action and context, right? So if very, very early on, because, okay, first of all, the fact that Han gets so mad about this is fucking dumb to begin with. Because... We should be allowed to have however many missiles we want, no matter what we agreed to. Okay, do you hear the second part of what you just said? Because <laughs> argument's over. Especially yeah. for Leia. Yeah. What do you think their successes were? Hey. <laughs> they killed the Prime Minister. They had his pretty sweet team up with Boba Fett and his granddaughter. That, I remember, I was thinking about that, like, last week or whatever. That one segment where they're like they 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 break into Thraken's fucking fortress mm-hmm. and then they like escape through a hole in the ground and they're all running through tunnels underground and they're Han's shooting a blaster and Boba Fett's launching rockets off his wrist and stuff like that. That is the kind of shit that Star Wars fans live and die for, right? Yeah. But I hate that it doesn't make sense for them to be there doing that. 
enough. No, it doesn't make yeah. enough sense for them to be there to me. For the most part, Han is Han is there doing that as like a vendetta, right? Like it's not, eh. and maybe that's maybe that's him. Okay, forget about their successes. Terrible. Yeah, very few. But maybe that's why Han, at the first sign of war, runs away. Because of the same thing we said about Leia. The last one was fucking terrible for them. The last time governments got upset at each other... Well, it wasn't governments. It was you, John Fox. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that. Somebody from another universe. Yeah, 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 exactly. Another galaxy entirely. Yeah. No, um... The last time there was conflict in the galaxy, he lost his best friend of 20, 40 years. 40 years, yeah. Longer than that. Because they were together before the Battle of Yavin fucking 40 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And then he lost one of his sons. And so maybe that's why he goes panic fight or flight mode. And then he does both. He flights and fights somewhere else. (laughs) Flights somewhere else and then goes to fight there. But that's not in the text. No. He doesn't... I would love for Han to be PTSD about losing the people he cares about. And that's why he's being so irrational about this war. And Leia recognizes it. And she's scared too. And that's why she doesn't stand up to him being a fucking fool. But none of that's there. No, it never gets explained like that. Should I rewrite these? They're just doing. Should I write an addendum? <laughs> Should I write an addendum? <laughs> Here, put this. Insert this into page one ninety five in Bloodlines. This paragraph where Han and Leia talk about how hurt they are and destroyed they are and can't stand to face it again. And oh my god, you just wait for it. And and then <laughs> yeah. the next paragraph they leave. That's why. Yeah, that's why. See, this yeah. is why. Perfect. Not just because Han and Luke don't know how how to argue with each other. What? They've only been doing it. They've never agreed. No. They've been disagreeing since the first movie until it's time to get shit done. And then... And then shit gets and done. Then the, yeah. <laughs> and then the shit gets done. Right. Let's move on. Yeah. Jaina. Absent from a lot of the a lot of the story also. Yeah. Comes to the end to be... In the, in the beginning of the novels, she is a sidekick character of her own. She is a sidekick to the military. Yeah. You know, where we have all this military action with old pilots and wedge and, and I don't know the old pilots Yeah, (laughs) and uh, all those old Karelians from rogue squadron back in the day. And she is sidekick to them in the military, right? She literally like flying on their wing and shit like that. And then, if this is foreshadowing, she is the secret missile that flies under Relidir, right? And liberates it. Mm-hmm. She is the the hidden strike that goes straight to the heart of the bad thing and ends it. Right in the end of that first book there. Now that's kind of nice when you think about it like that. But she's 
so sparingly in the pages. Yes. Especially early on. She's essentially non-existent for the first, what, five, six books? She She's hanging out with Zach doing missions and stuff. She uh, oh, gets court-martialed by her brother, kicked out of the military because she won't start a war. And then she's rescuing Jedi yep. at the Academy on Osses, snapping necks in the darkness. And then she's on a haven planet try, trying to not get blown up by Duke of Galney and the entire yep. traitor fleet. Yeah, her and Zek. And I just, and then she goes to Mandalore for a book and a half. And then it's all about her. Yeah. But trying to trying to pull more reflections from her other adventures in this in the series that like pay off like that kinda you know, that, that kinda symmetry there between the uh Relideer thing and the uh, the Jason thing, but I'm sure I'm sure you know, as you go as you go through with the story with her it's building her up to more than she is when she starts, but it's so few and far between, man, that it doesn't connect. Yeah, I, that's what I was saying. If we were to She's flip like, through yeah. and find all the Jason or all the Jaina parts and just read those, it probably would have a decent growth to it. Right. But she's used like twice a book. Yeah. For the first five. Here and there, yeah. and that it, it does. It, there's a disconnect, and so often as a tag team with Zach as sidekicks to Jedi bosses, yeah, who are like, go do this, go do this, go do this, and not a whole lot of agency of her own, where she's deciding what, where, and when to be places. Yeah, and the stuff that do. she's in, like the scenes that she is in, that aren't like it's almost all action. Yeah, unless, unless it's, it's the the Jag Zach boyfriend crap love triangle that's not have any love in it at all <laughs> yeah that now is no longer a triangle because zach is missing just a ray now or it's a line it's, it's I a guess, line two now points uh, yeah she ends up in the end telling jag that she loves him was well, that just because he showed up to rescue you in your fucking days could have been zach buddy could have been there no you had to eject out of your x-wing and the trains already missing nobody will find you wonder what happens with that fucking guy in the next series. I honestly don't remember. I don't know. I still don't even know what color his hair is. <laughs> I think it's a long black ponytail, but I'm picturing it short, blonde, and spiky. Yeah. So 50-50. <laughs> I think it's the black. I think so too, but I think I always think of him being blonde because Jag is so dark featured. You know, he's got jet black hair and jet black beard and what? Anyways. Jane is just not in the books enough. No. For the heavy lifting that she's given at the end. Yeah, for her end role, she does not get enough. Which is writing. Her, her greatest success. She kills, winning. She kills her brother. Doesn't sound like much of a success. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But when he's a Sith Lord, you know, violently taking over the galaxy, turns out it's probably good. I don't know. Because what would have happened? Honestly, what does what does the galaxy look like? Whatever, we'll get to him. <laughs> Besides killing her brother, what else are her like greatest successes throughout the book? She does some pretty good stuff against some YVH droids. 
Yeah, she's definitely a fucking combat expert. Yeah. She is a phenomenal pilot, fantastic with a lightsaber, acrobatic and athletic as fuck, force powers, B+. You know, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's good. I just, yeah, she, uh, probably her greatest success is being a badass in the books. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's so empty at the end when all of her badassery is going to culminate in this incredibly poignant and emotional badass battle. Mm -hmm. But you haven't had all the poignant emotion along the way. Like we talked about, she doesn't even fucking care that she doesn't talk to her twin. Yeah. She doesn't care that her twin is the head of the secret police, kicked her out of the military, took over her chief of state, blowing up fucking planets, ruining everything. She doesn't care. She, she If she does, she doesn't mention it or. When yeah. does yeah. she care? I was trying to think of that today. When does she decide that she's got, got to go get Jason? I know it comes every, as it does for everybody in these books, in bits and pieces, and they fucking two steps forward, one step back the whole time. It's time for him to die. Uh, maybe he's all right. Oh, he's so dad. Oh, dad. So bad. Oh, maybe he's not so bad. After Ben shows the evidence? I was going to say when Ben shows up on the Falcon to arrest her parents. And oh. then the Anakin opens fire on the Millennium Falcon with all of them inside of it. I remember that her vividly being like, this is too far. Yeah. What is he doing? Like that moment, I I think shocked her into beginning to see what was happening. And there's her biggest failure. What was going to be not confronting (laughs) the person closest to her throughout her whole life. Right. Just, just not not even being one time. Yep. Not not even being present except for that one time where she it's it, it's in the it's on the <clears throat> is it in a barracks or it's on a uh what's it called where they land the ships? Like on a landing pad or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for something more specific. <laughs> But yeah, remember she like storms up to him and she does the finger wag in his face. Yeah. Like, you better knock it off. You're doing bad stuff. Hanger? Hanger. <laughs> on a hanger deck. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Yes. That's it. That's yep. it. Now, I can buy so much more for every other character that maybe they would be hesitant to take Jason Solo down a peg. Before he has fully revealed himself as a fucking Sith, right? Not her. No. Not Jaina, the sword and twin solo. Come on. Which it puts that even to more like stark contrast because in the in the last book where they put those two little things in there right. that show how they those can feel memories. each other's emotions yeah, yeah. And, and how important he, that was to her yeah and how much how good it made her feel to be connected to her brother you must be realizing that before the end of the book series <laughs> you must be like wow i should really reach out to jason he's never present in the force anymore wow, I should go pay him a visit or something. Yeah. And mind you, like, she's always like, she's off on a mission or something most of the time, right? For the first half. But 
She's got downtime. Yeah. You ain't that busy after you get kicked out of the military. Give him a freaking phone call, too. And that's that's part of the reason why she doesn't talk to him, too, right? Is because she's the angriest Jedi, and he kicked her out of her fucking... The only thing she ever loved. Yeah. Or her first love with the military. Or was it the Jedi? Either way. Hmm. But come on. You don't go talk to your brother? Yeah. Or anything? Write him a letter? Let's cut back to Han and Leia and talk about their biggest failures as we already kind of did the whole way along the way, but I forgot to say it specifically because they raised a Sith Lord by abandoning him for his entire childhood. Yes, they did. And then what did they do all series long? Abandoned him. And what did they do during the Yuuzhan Vong war? Abandoned him on his, left him on his own, left him on his own. Yeah. I understand gotta save the galaxy and stuff but like we said why can't we do it together there's room on the falcon for nine yeah get on there han leia jason jana luke mara ben eight people two droids maybe a me wall and a cock mame hanging around yeah put them all on one ship save the galaxy together Maybe that's a bad idea, so you just blow up one ship. Fucking great. Great move. <laughs> all the most powerful people in the galaxy got. But seriously, like, what a failure. Yeah, and I wanted terrible. to come back and mention that. Because there's no way that doesn't carry forward emotionally for these two. Unless, you know, we just don't get into the emotions like we haven't been. How did they change? And we'll go to Jaina too. Okay. How did they change from beginning to end? Well, just basically the same as Luke they they, they started they be, separated and then came back together and they were yeah and they were team players again and everybody was working together which makes the beginning seem even more incongruous to their actual character mm-hmm. because since Han Solo came back to destroy the second Death Star when have they ever angrily split apart the three of them You can't. Ugh. It doesn't seem like them. And then by the end, they're back to themselves. Maybe is the biggest yeah. challenge, right? Where Han and Leia are the ones cleaning up Jaina and tending her wounds, and you know, and they're they're the ones taking stewardship and custody of Jason's internal cause daughter. They're, you know, and they're back in the center of, of attention. They're back in the limelight. They're back in the actual events of things and must be going forward. If they're going to have Jason's daughter, mm-hmm. right. Or are they, is that just going to be an even better excuse to disappear from the next nine books to keep a five-year-old safe? You know what I mean? Like, I don't trust it. Yeah. <laughs> because, honestly, man, second reading of this, not as fulfilling as the first. Mm-hmm. I must have spent the last 10 years filling mad libsing in these emotional blanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? And then you come back and you're expecting them to be there and you're like, meanwhile, and cockmame don't come back. Nobody talks about Jason. Nobody. Jason doesn't know Mando's of vac suits. 
Like, like all yeah, the, all these all little things, little stuff that's missing that you know in memory reading, was always there. Reading them for the action, bro. <laughs> yeah, don't 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 read your favorite books clinically like this. <laughs> read them for enjoyment. Shut them and put them away. Yeah, <laughs> don't take tedious notes on them and then go. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why and where and why? And we'll jump back to Jaina with her biggest change is that she is centered and focused. Yeah. The beginning, we said, I, I called her it a hundred times. She's the angriest Jedi. She's so erratic. She's mad at Zek. She's mad at Jag. She's mad at her dad. She's mad at the Karelians. She's mad at space. Everyone but Jason. Yeah. Until he kicks her out of the military. Then she's mad enough at him that she ain't ever going to speak to him again. <laughs> till I tell him here I come or whatever. Yeah. But that I that's yeah. yeah that's, that's obviously true. her biggest change. And and like Ben, she has success after success after success after success. Mission by mission by mission until the ultimate success at the very end. Yeah. And again, it's very clear that she is being pushed up front to be a very serious main character moving forward, which is awesome mm-hmm. but she should have been this whole time yeah like we talked about should she should been. never be overshadowed by jason in a page count sort of way in a history of accomplishments way whatever right in a in a force power uh maximum strength competition whatever but in the amount of time devoted to each character in a nine book series that culminates in two twins battling to the death She's barely in the first six books. Yeah, frivolous she, stuff. She doesn't she doesn't thrust into action when her aunt's killed mysteriously. They go on the hunt for a Lemurar, slowly but surely. Okay. But by the end of it, she's focused on one task, you know, killing Jason. She's focused on one group. The Jedi. She's not split between them and the military anymore. She's focused on one boyfriend. She tells Jag that she loves him. Mm-hmm. She becomes more focused by the end. And also, you know, more of a a better Jedi. Mm-hmm. Where you know, less temperamental, less unpredictable, more thoughtful and considering. Not considerate, like, of, of other people, but considerate of her actions um yes. putting plans in place you know but what i think the biggest change could have and would have been would be what happened on mandalore what did she learn on mandalore mm-hmm. no the biggest change should have been the heavy emotional toll from top to bottom that this takes on jaina solo yeah where her brother is ruining the galaxy. And I just don't trust that we're going to get that in the next nine books where like, uh, you know, flashbacks to thinking of, Oh, I wish I would have done this with Jason or I wish I, oh, maybe we will. Maybe that's what the whole next series is going to be about. Shoulda, woulda, coulda stopped Jason solo. Everybody a thousand times over. Maybe that'll be the case and rightfully so, but 
It's not here in these books. No, not at all. And when we come to our last character, the man of the hour and a half long podcast so far. Yeah, zipping by. Eh? <laughs> wow. For, for being one and a half, not, yeah, three quarters of a handwritten page front and back. Jason Solo. Who, of course, is the main character and the focus of the whole book series. Yeah, he's everywhere. Now, I don't well remember the end of the Dark Nest trilogy or, or you know, the uh, emotional impact of the events therein on Jason specifically. But why is he such a Luke Skywalker hating prick right off the bat? Does he yeah. ever really come out and rehash a specific thing? No. No, he doesn't. Does he think that Luke mishandled the Dark Nest crisis? Does he think that Luke and the mishandled the Jedi in the Yuuzhan Vong War? Both a combination of the two, you know? A, a culmination of a bunch of other things. But why right off the bat is he just a fucking dick about Luke Skywalker? Like, don't even talk to me about Luke Skywalker, or else I'm going to be pissy. Yeah. Luke tries to give him some advice or whatever, and he just starts arguing with him. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and, okay, that, that can be the tone of their relationship always, but I don't remember that. No, I mean... I don't remember them being so adversarial in the Dark Nest trilogy. They could have been. I don't remember it well. I don't remember it either. Yeah. I remember Rainer Thull was there. Mm-hmm. I remember there were killicks. I remember there was a lot of what's it called when the word is the same forwards and backwards. That kind of those word. things. Yep. <laughs> Whatever that may be. Um, all I can think of is now trying to think of that word. Uh, and all I can think of is the word race car. <laughs> <laughs> I know race car. Um, no, the point being though, I don't. Okay. So maybe, maybe that is well established that the relationship has gone to hell over the last two crises. But again, it's okay. You, we can talk about that. We can talk about that in the book. Let's have Jason talk about why specifically he hates his uncle. Or is it just that, you know, his arrogant malaise and displeasure with other people's decisions? Yeah, it's just tiredness of war. And maybe, maybe it's his problem with Luke is this war has been going on and been going on and Lucas had the power or at least the potential power to stop it. He does say some things like that, um, where the, in like the inaction of the Jedi is mm-hmm. something that he disrespects Luke for. Okay. But I just, okay. Like, okay. Yeah. But it's it's such a hinge of the whole story. It's such an important uh, pivot from their relationship is what them being separated, Luke and Jason specifically, yeah. is what allows all this to happen. And it's another one of those things where it could have just been like, ever since Luke did this or ever since. Right. Okay, not, there you go. It's not there. So, you know. Jason Solo thinks his uncle can't run the Jedi. You know, this is like, this is 
so stereotypical apprentice behavior. Like, I know more than the master. Mm-hmm. I should be the master. Why am I listening to this guy? Look at all these stupid things he's gotten wrong. And so I guess from the very beginning, it's his hubris, right? Jason's unwavering belief in his own ability to do things better than everyone else. Which, again, I will say this shamefully, is probably why I love him so much. Mm -hmm. Because that is me to a T. I am controlling of things because I feel like, and I'm often right, that I'm going to do it better than other people. You know? I'm going to pay better attention to the details. I'm going to pay more attention to the order of the thing, whatever it may be. Like, that's what I connect with Jason on is that arrogant assholeness that often gets proven right. Yeah. Where like, okay, for example, um, back in the day, PlayStation one game won't start. Bang on the system with my controller. Game starts. Well, I've now been positively positively reinforced by my success with this negative behavior. Mm-hmm. So the negative behavior is going to continue. The being arrogant or violent or doing the wrong thing. Because I am being proven right in a certain way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a wiser man, i.e. Luke Skywalker, would say, "You don't. that's not the way to solve that problem. You're indirectly accomplishing your goal through the wrong means. Yeah. I, I didn't even mean to draw that parallel, but that was a fucking bullseye. <laughs> yeah. <it was> good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna sit on that for a second. And so that was, you know, unconsciously when I was 20, 1920 reading these, that was for sure. What I connected to with Jason was like, yeah, man, what's, why are all these grown ups so fucking dumb? Why can't anybody do this shit right? What do you mean? Oh, it's so simple. Yeah. And then he gets more and more control over things. Right? Like he joins the first of all, he he joins the mission to center point. And then he joins the he takes the head of the secret police for the government. And then he becomes the chief of state for the government. And then he becomes his own government and a dark lord of the Sith. And then he becomes dead. <laughs> yeah. But each step along the way as he gathers more. I hope your path doesn't go that way. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Hey, it's going to end that way for sure at some point. <laughs> yeah. So if I get all those other steps in the middle, maybe not the Sith Lord part, they're like, hey, head of the secret police, chief of state. I'll take on. <laughs> but <laughs> we're all going to die in the end. I just, hopefully, it's not my twin sister who I've never even heard of <laughs> yeah. throughout the books. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! But seriously, it is like every step of the way. It's his overconfidence and his ability to do it better. Mm-hmm. I can run the I can run the secret police. Who better to do it than me? Nithal's doing a shit job as chief of state. Omas is doing a shit job as chief of state. Look at how indecisive and inactive they are. I can do this better. Take it over. And as he gains more and more power, he makes more and more mistakes because he's not the man for these jobs. No. And he's not, you know, he's, God, I don't, I don't even know how to say this. How is he so fucking stupid after Lumaya is killed? Because she's pulling all the strings, man. 
she's tempering his ego the whole time, right? Yeah, she's saying, hey, uh, like, you got to have, like, you got to have action, but sometimes you got to also have the patience. You need to be like, tactful in your decisions, and you can't yeah. just choke people to death on the yeah. fucking uh, bridge of your starship, and you can't just... Throw them against the wall. Don't send your apprentice away when somebody's coming to kill you. And it... Uh, so the arrogance starts as harmless mm-hmm. to him, right? Harmless for him. And it builds and builds until he has so much power and influence that the natural consequences of his decisions being right or wrong become more and more severe or impactful or just greater. Yeah, just bigger. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where mistake after mistake after mistake in the end gets him isolated from... All the people that used to trust him, his crew, his his uh, subordinates, it gets him separated from the other half of the government that he used to have under his power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He loses bit by bit all that power that he has accrued up to the point, except the difference being he is in a more open position to just be aggressive about holding that power. Or taking it back, where I'll fucking teach them a lesson every goddamn time. <laughs> uh, hold, holding what power he has. It's starting from starting from the cessation. Blah, 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 starting from the cessation of all those planets when, um, what was the what what was it? Oh, when he when he uh, fucking started murdering all the Bothans. Yeah. After the World Brain was accidentally killed by a Lemurar. He blames the Bothans, starts killing a whole bunch of them, and then planets start disappearing from his government. And the, what does he do right away? We're going to go teach them a lesson. Mm-hmm. We're going to go attack them for leaving, and then they'll have to come back. Mm-hmm. What does he do at Fondor? We're going to go attack them for helping the other team, and then they'll have to help us. It's That was kind of my problem with him throughout the books, is it's a lot of the same mistake. Yeah. Different flavors of it, but it's all. Teach him a lesson. I'll show you. Yeah. Which it... is not. Reactions, not plans. Well, you don't. He's done thinking. Yep. <laughs> React only. But that's so not Jason Solo. No. Maybe I just think I know him better than I do. Because these writers probably know him better than I do. Troy specifically in his nine fucking NJO books and six, uh, three, three of these and the three dark nest trilogy. The man's probably written more Jason solo than anybody. He probably knows him obviously better than I do, Mm -hmm. but I feel like he's really dumb in these books oversights. And I'm not buying the excuse of distraction or ego or misguided, attempts at vengeance i'm not buying all of these all of these oversights again and again and again and again and again yeah and again. the man doesn't learn from his mistakes even though he's been like the smartest guy in the galaxy since he was invented in the stories eh? uh, 
I don't know how to explain it. That, yeah, right? <laughs> and it's, you know, Lumaya gets a hold of him in the beginning, pumps his fucking ego up with the prophecy stuff. And then is he just, why? I just don't understand how he is so dumb. Now, the first thing he does that's wrong is kill Nalani and mind rub Ben's memories away. Yeah. That's smart. Right? Like, that's tactical type of thinking where, like, like you know, strategy. We're trying to win. We're, we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing, so we're going to have to try and win it secretly, sneakily. And then I cannot believe that after Lumaya's dead, he's fucking brain dead too. Yeah, he just Come goes on. He just goes nuts. Like he just, I I don't even know the right word for it. Erratic isn't even the right word. It's not yeah, it's big enough. Beyond that, yeah, he's completely out of touch with reality. And maybe that's because he's living so much in his visions by the end or whatever. But. How how does he not take an interest in ship? Yeah, that was, that was a what big one. Up and coming, power grabbing Sith Lord doesn't want a sentient, obedient flying death machine that nobody else has ever seen before. You don't think that would give you an upper hand? At the very least, just to study it, just to figure it out. Hello. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't. Even Lumaya tells him that's dumb. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Why? I know I've said it five times already. Why do you send Tahiri away after your sister says, here I come? I don't care how arrogant you are. Still have a good plan. Yeah. Like your arrogance can come from having a good plan too. I know I'll crush her and here's how. Yeah. Not just, I don't know. She's worthless. I'll, I'll, figure I'll it win. Out. Don't worry. I'll figure about it out. Yeah, saw the vision. We're gonna do it. Don't worry. And it all comes back to that pivotal moment that we fucking made fun of so much when it came up. You're just gonna react. <laughs> You're not gonna think anymore. Yeah. I hate that. It's dumb. It. Why is he so dumb? What? Is he so blinded by fear for his daughter? But she's not often enough in immediate danger to for this to make that much sense all the fucking time. Yeah. Okay. One time she almost got killed by an assassin. You took care of that. She uh, took care of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, she did. Uh, one time you had her in your lap while you were blowing people up in, in your personal t- fightership. That was a bit dangerous. Yeah, that doesn't um, put her in harm's way at all. One time, there was going to be uh, designed nano killers that were going to track her blood and murder her. Three specific times that she was in serious, serious danger. That would make sense in those moments for him to be brain dead. Mm-hmm. There's just no plan. That was such a fucking ominous thing that he said. I'm not going to think anymore. I'm just going to react. That's why his only response is, I'll show you. 
because yeah. he doesn't have a plan. Is he just so far in over his head that he can't plan beyond himself? Yeah, he's like trying to control too many things at the same time. His whole plan is fight, win. Like we said, how many times? How are you going to win this war? What Mm -hmm. is your plan? Well, he doesn't have one. His plan is save the galaxy. But leading up to, you know, he was so conniving when he was taking over as chief of state. Oh, it was great. He was plotting. He was planning. Same thing when he was the head of the of the secret police. He was a goddamn genius finding these insurgents and terrorists. And none of that was like Lumaya inspired. None of that had to do it with her wisdom or guidance. Mm-hmm. And then she dies, and he's the stupidest man in the galaxy. I. What else happened right around there around Lumaya and Mara's death was Alana in any danger at all I don't recall her being no the only only times Alana was in danger too by the way were directly him putting her in danger yeah exactly of course because (laughs) (laughs) those are the unintended consequences of being a fucking idiot yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> he kidnapped her for God's sakes. Yeah. I just. Okay. No, there's nothing. Let's do Jason in different order. Okay. What were his biggest changes across the books? He starts out a well-articulated, <laughs> if not petty, Force for change. Right? Well articulated. Planned, thought, meticulously into the details of what he's doing. Even with the secret police, you know, with the center point mission. Yeah. With sending Ben on that, on that secret mission. It's all very meticulously planned to accomplish a goal in a certain way. And then he becomes fucking dumb. Biggest change. That's it. That's got to be it. He says, literally says, <laughs> I'm only going to react from now on. Well, that was the, that was it. That was, that has to be the turning point of him doing everything wrong. Yeah. Cause he, he doesn't take the time to, to make a plan to be like, okay, this happened. How can I fix it? Here's how. And then by the time he does come around to planning again, it's through the future. And visions of the future, which are all now skewed and tainted by Luke Skywalker's meddling. I just, what a terrible change. I don't mind him going bad at all. No. Okay, this is something I wanted to talk about. Okay. We'll talk about it next, actually. But I don't mind him going bad. I don't mind him being seduced by the prophecy that Lumaya gives him. Mm -hmm. I don't mind him being ego fed into the wrong decisions, but I don't like him being inconsiderate. I don't like him being unthoughtful, unplanned. I don't like him being reckless. That's not Jason solo. No reckless. No, no, never. 
maybe in a heroic way sometimes, but not like this, not where he just goes, all right, well, the mines weren't here like they're supposed to be, but we'll just go do it anyways. Yeah, we'll, we'll just what do it. What the hell? Let's just fly our whole fleet. Just Let's just go through this. We'll, we'll get it. It's fine. I, th- I think at a certain point, it's pl- it's too much play on his arrogance. Yeah. And not enough on him having been misled. You know? Yep. Where... Okay, maybe maybe it's not fair to expect this from him to have a moment where he's questioning later, as he does earlier, whether or not Lumaya is just manipulating him to get revenge in a certain way to accomplish a certain thing. Like she is with everybody else. She does. She starts all of this. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you she force projected herself into that missile factory and was like, hey, fuck those guys. Make our own missiles. Yeah. Guaranteed. To that one, like, foreman that talks weird. Yeah, exactly. And then she gets in the other guy's head about his wife's ghost and stuff. But all of it coming back in the end for him to doubt again would be cool. For him to have, but he, that's his failing is that he doesn't have that doubt. Yeah. Right. It's the hubris, the fucking supreme confidence. That I'm right for sure. Yeah. It's disappointing, honestly. It's not the way I want Jason to go out. The first half of his rise to power is fantastic because he is cerebral about it. Yeah. The back half of his fall is not fulfilling. It's it's empty. Yeah. I've realized... Um, just right now, for some reason, even though we've been talking about it for like a year and a half, our biggest problems that we seem to have with any of these characters is they're not being true to character. They're not being true to themselves. Right. Well, more so they're not being true to each other in the way that they, that we expect them to. Yeah. They're not. They're not even, they're not even with each other. They're not communicating. They're not reaching out. There's no, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So well, that's how Jason changed. Mm-hmm. Took a new name, lost a fucking brain. What was his greatest failure? Losing his brain. <laughs> I think his greatest failure was losing Ben. And I don't mean killing his mom. I mean when Luke rescued him from being tortured. Okay. Because had he... He was brainwashed torturing him. Yeah. He absolutely. had him. Yep. He fucking had him. Two Skywalkers versus the world. Tahiri ain't shit. No. She's cool. But she ain't powerful like a Ben Skywalker next to a Jason. No, Silver. she was she was a needy like whiner. Yeah. She was convenient. Well, Tahiri's a sad, broken lady. So I'll give her that. But I that's gotta be for me like his biggest failing. You know, had he kept his grip on Ben Skywalker and 
not been so goddamn sneaky and underhanded and behind the back with all the shit he was sending Ben to do. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have drawn Luke's attention so directly. And uh, he would have had a nice brainwashed apprentice, very, very strong in the force. Yep. Facing down Luke Skywalker and Jaina Solo and everybody else, right? Would they have been able to kill Ben? That's what I mean. Like, it's such different dynamics that way. That's That's got to be a big failure. Yeah. In the, in the, over, in the overall like story and galaxy repercussions for sure. But at the same time, looking at the overall galaxy repercussions is his biggest success. He has united the galaxy. Yes. In peace for the future. He did accomplish what he set out to accomplish. Not in the way he meant to indirect positive consequences. Of his negative behaviors. Yeah. <laughs> Smack the PlayStation and the fucking game turns on. Well, going to do that more, ain't I? <laughs> you know? Like... Uh, 8,000 times I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, his his greatest success is kind of twofold. Not only did he reunite the galaxy, or unite the galaxy, I should say, but he reunited his family mm-hmm. in a very inextricable sort of way like that's a strong new bond that they've all suffered through that that's just personal to all of them like you know han leia luke ben, once you kill a family member you're not going back well i mean it's different in the forest sometimes the ghosts show up and pull their hair out for you <laughs> yeah but <laughs> on the whole i would agree with you <laughs> on average but that's he the, uh, that's the beautiful irony of the book, right? Is that his downfall was being overconfident in achieving his goals or overconfident in his abilities. And then in the end, he fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. Maybe that's why I love Jason, you know, because he is less a villain than he is an anti-hero. Yeah. Because it's not like, Okay, so the bad things he's doing pick up around book six, Inferno. Right? And then seven, Fury, eight, Revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he lights Kashyyyk on fire. Mm-hmm. That is the first inexcusable thing. But leading up to that, it's a lot of like, Getting shit done. And he's getting even, closer and closer to his goal. Even killing Mara is self-defense. It was enough. Yeah. <laughs> right? But it's not when you've gone to the dark side far enough to force your aunt to come and assassinate you. Like, I, Yeah. Right? But his greatest success, he, he has... He has brought the galaxy together in peace and rebanded... Re- bonded its strongest protectors. Like we said, he he did it. Yeah. His daughter's safe, safer than she ever could be at the Jedi temple or on the millennium Falcon. Yeah. She's not in crazy. Haves where 
her mom's always attempt like getting attempted on or yeah. her yeah she's not she, there's not war now yeah well right now who right knows now. right like uh, that's, the, that's the thing that was so stupid about this goal in the first place there's not gonna be another war yeah there's not gonna be another fucking dispute that escalates into violence jason you're it has to be clear to a smart man that this is not an achievable goal yeah but when you're magic i guess right and when you magic when you're expecting to got that jet, take control and survive and keep that control, then... Interminably. Like, yeah. Forever. If, if you want her to be safe forever, you must keep that iron fist in a closed grip forever. Yeah. And we already see how he's going to accomplish that. I'll fucking show you, right? Yeah. So, like, it's never going to be the thing in the first place. But to get back to what I wanted to say, I don't mind overall for this story to be about another Skywalker falling to the dark side in the same way. Mm -hmm. I am fine with history repeating itself because it's doing it in a slightly different way Um, to look at the parallels things that are the same. Uh, Jason is a tremendous hero of the Jedi order at large, but disregarded by the masters. Jason, Jason and Anakin. <clears throat> they are also, of course, talented beyond everybody else around them. Yeah. And thus, hard to stand up to, hard to question, that kind of thing. Now, what's different... Oh, sorry, one more thing that's the same. Uh, the secret relationship. Mm-hmm. Now, what's different, I was going to say, is that Jason's didn't need to be a secret explicitly for the Jedi order, but they just thought the kid would be safer if nobody knew who her dad was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why, why is she just not at the temple from the beginning? And so between the secret and the disrespect from the levels of authority above you and the general adoration of the galaxy of everyone. Yeah. There's our similarities. And then, yeah, the difference becomes, the secrets on the other side of the fence. The kid's already born. There's deeper reasons to be afraid. Mm-hmm. He's lived through and been the hero of a war already. Anakin was just doing that the first time, right? Jason is also older by about 10 years. Um, Something like that. Jason's way more powerful. He's way more experienced. He's way wiser and kinder. You know what I mean? Like, he was the animal-loving kid, not this sand-hating droid-building kid. <laughs> like, Jason didn't finally learn how to relate to robots until the end of his life, when he was like, that's D-Droid's my only friend. I just wanted to make that point one time. I'm not at all bothered by this being the story of the cycle of the rise and fall of the Skywalker family. You know? This is another chapter of that. Where another person walks down the same path with the same intentions and different results. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So, overall, I mean, like we said, he managed to accomplish what he was trying to do. You know? In much the same way Anakin did. You know, his prophecy came true. Mm -hmm. He'll bring balance to the Force. Well, it was pretty out of balance. 
I don't know why all these light side users thought this was a fucking good prophecy for them. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's two Sith. Uh, never more than two. Oh, there's like hundreds of us in the temple. He's going to bring balance to the force. That's great news for us. <laughs> nope, it wasn't. Turns out. He no. accomplished his goal. But how about, let's go through Jason's prophecy <clears throat> from the tassels. Okay. And see how much of it he fulfilled. Never mind his personal goal. I'm talking about the will of the force. Yeah. He will remake slash rename himself. Check. Definitely did that. Remade himself into an idiot. Renamed himself. Darth <laughs> Caius. <laughs> he will ruin those who deny justice. Well, he uh, captured, interrogated, and murdered terrorists for a while. So... That's that'll work. He will choose the fate of the weak. I mean, that's pretty simple. Yeah, he's he's one man in charge of a galaxy's worth of resources. Yeah, he's he's becoming a dictator. That's kind of what. Yeah. He will immortalize his love. Now, there's a lot of debate in the novels about what that means between characters, but yeah. What is his love? It's hard to pin down. And it is it even his love? Well, a couple ways I, I'm looking at this. Jason loves the idea of peace. Mm-hmm. And as the galaxy stands, according to the government... Peace is forever now going to be the goal moving forward for everybody. Hooray. So immortally. Yeah. Maybe. maybe, Right. Or his daughter who will now eventually be found out to be Jason Solo's daughter. Eventually. yeah, And will forever be immortalized by that. Hi, I'm Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader's son. Right? Yep. He became a hero in his own right before the rest of the galaxy knew that. And she may well, may as well, right? As she grows up, maybe she doesn't become known as Alana Solo till way later. But eventually, she, that's that's immortalization right there. Yep. Your legacy lives forever. He will choose how he will be loved. Is the answer not, <laughs> or yeah. he'll be, or he'll ch- he will choose to be loved? And I think he did this actually outright when he was making that full transition to being a Sith, and when he was like deciding what his sacrifice was. He chose to be loved as he was before, not as he was going to become known. Like he, I, I, I can vaguely remember a thought of his being like, they'll always have the Jason solo that they remember the hero and whatever, whatever. But, but now I got to do what I got to do. Jason solo. I have to kill Jason solo to become Darth Kytus. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's how he's going to be loved in memory. Yeah. Maybe because that's what Jane is like. Last thoughts were before she kills. Good point. Yeah. And he becomes himself again in that last moment, mm-hmm. however, to whatever degree. 
Maybe that's how he'll be loved. He will win and break his chains. What are his chains? Well, the, if you consider Jedi Order, his his winning in bringing peace to the galaxy, mm-hmm. the how that happens is he breaks his chains to the dark side I by was, dying. I was going to say, yeah, maybe, yeah, as you started saying that, I was connecting the dots along with you. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe the chains are the duty of being the Sith Lord. You yeah. Know? And then you only break those chains. Oh, Jesus, this is a tough one. <laughs> you know, I tried to put some thought into these earlier. I was like, oh, fucking. They're a bit vague, so it's hard to connect certain things. He will shed his skin and choose a new skin. He abandoned his Jedi robes for the black GAG uniform. That's, that's very literal. That yeah. is very also drastic. Mm-hmm. From the white and brown, tan, light Jedi robes to black, 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 black. Yeah, black everywhere. Black cape, black shoulder pads, black boots, black pants, black fucking helmet. He will strengthen himself through sacrifice. He certainly did. Yeah. And directly sometimes, too, where he the sacrifice being his pain... That he's experiencing, and then he directly powers himself up through that. Yes. Or he sacrifices the mental health of his entire fleet to power himself up. (laughs) That kind of stuff? Yeah. Who knows? He will crawl through his cloak. What? Now, to be literal, like you said, there aren't any really moments of him crawling. Crawl through his cloak. Like, I feel really dumb right now. Well, and, I, and I'm thinking cloak in the terms of like his what's Star Trek kind of deal. Yeah, like invisibility kind of. He will crawl in secret. He will sneak in secret. That's how he'll accomplish his goals. He'll he'll sneakily do everything in the in the in the in a cloaking device. Or like <laughs> he'll he'll start off in secret and then he'll get through that and be able to reveal himself that makes sense yeah but he has to do it in baby steps crawling yeah fuck that one's all right we kind of got there yeah all right he will know brotherhood the gg yeah and you know his fleet in general all his especially at the beginning they loved him and now what does that mean for his brotherhood with jaina he will know brotherhood. Yeah, he lost that one. But what did he... What? <laughs> he... He will make a pet. <clears throat> ben? Tahiri? Pets don't last forever. Uh, SDXX did he make that droid I don't think so no he Um, had it modified to make it a torture machine yeah I don't know about that one either though he will strengthen himself through pain that could be the kind of same as the sacrifice thing right with sacrifice comes pain Mm -hmm. 
But how? All right. He, like you said, he literally gets strength when he gets. I home. know, but that just made me think back to okay. So how is sacrifice different, and how did his sacrifice make him more powerful? Then he says his sacrifice is Ben's adoration and that kind of thing. I guess that severing ties to his family and all that jazz makes him more powerful through freedom. Yeah. Freedom of repercussions, yeah. freedom of shame. Less less tied to um there's a word for this. Ooh, conflict. Uh, no. Shit. I'm gonna move on. Yes, please. The last one. He will be drawn from peace into conflict, or possibly his life will be balanced between peace and conflict. He was definitely drawn into the conflict from peace mm-hmm. at, the, at the beginning. But what were you just making a face? Uh, his life would be balanced between peace and conflict would be conflict now. And even though like he's dead, his his life, his goal, his life goal would be the peace that came after. I like that. And I was going to say something similar but different where his whole living life has been conflict. Yeah. Similar but different. And now in death, the rest of his life will be peace. Oh, yeah. Like like you said, he brought that peace. But now the second half of his life, his legacy is going to be peace. Yeah. His entire life was war. <laughs> yeah, conflict. From the from the day they were born, they're being hunted by assassins. Yeah, because even right? like all those little things where it says, "Oh, this is Jason at 14. He's like rescuing Jaina from some cell. Yeah. Oh, we were in a prison. We were 14 years old, and somebody captured us and tortured us, or whatever. Yeah, that's the prophecy. Yeah, that's it, man. Fulfilled, and I like that last one the best because we made the most sense out of it. <laughs> yes, we did. He. His life will be balanced between conflict and peace. I like the way that you said it. The balance is the peace that he's brought through the conflict that he created. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. Final judgment. How did you like Legacy of the Force? as an entire series the second time around i will jump the gun on you because i didn't prepare you for any of these questions and i loved it yeah i was ooh left wanting more but i still loved it i was more critical of or maybe more aware of parts that that weren't where I wanted them to be or something like that. Right. Yeah. But I still loved it. I still love the story of Jason solo, even though I don't like how brain dead he is in the back half. Mm -hmm. There's still so much that's good in it. Yeah. That I would absolutely, I would absolutely do 75 plus hours of a podcast on. (laughs) And it's, it's still to me. And I do it again. So I still got all the notes, even though we, it, a lot of the time it sounds like we're tearing it apart. Yeah, I know. It's just the critical aspect yeah. of it, right? Where that's that's what we're doing. Yeah. But the as a book series on a whole, still great. In another ten years, 
maybe I'll read it again for the enjoyment aspect of it rather than right. let's look into it like under a microscope. Yeah. I think um well to to prove the point of how much we like it is how much we care about what we feel is missing. Yeah. Right? I I wouldn't care there wasn't enough Jaina if I didn't love this story. I love it so much. I want her in it more. Yeah. Right. I, this was the first book series that I read. And it was nine and it was a year and a half of my life. Cause I know I came in a little bit after some had already been released a year and a half of my life of waiting a few months at a time to discover this story. Yeah. And now like, you know, I think back, I remember when I was a kid, my mom, we'd go to the library like once a month or something at a certain point, because Stephen King was releasing the green mile series, a book, mm-hmm. a piece at a time uh, once a month or something like that. And it just, this was the first time that I got into a story invested so much into a story that I actually waited and cared and knew when more was coming. Mm-hmm. I, I got all those books the first day they came out. I read, I read one of them while I was driving home <laughs> on the steering wheel open in traffic in Windsor. <laughs> Brutal, but don't do that. No, <laughs> don't be a stupid 19 year old, but, but you know, that's just to, prove the point of all of our criticisms of this is just because we want more of what we love. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe it's easier to be critical now knowing you're never getting it. Yeah, it could be never. Now as a separate question, as like a, uh, stylistic question, how did you think, how did you like the three author approach? I know we talked about there's pros and cons to it. Yeah, absolutely. But overall, how did you like having three different authors? Or would you rather have one consistent voice telling the story? I I liked it. I liked it and didn't like it for the for the same reason. Mm. Because it was different points of view, kind of. Yep. And but it also that's why I liked it. Right. But it also made it at some points feel a little disjointed. Dis- I was just gonna say disjointed. It, <laughs> like that's so I liked it and didn't like it for the exact same reason. Well, for example, of like some of the uh, dysfunctional aspects. Ben finishes a book rescuing a small child. Next book, that kid is fucking gone and sent off and never to be spoken of again. Yeah, dropped off at some planet that. And that's okay because know. she's inconsequential to the the story but like mention it yeah you know the lightsaber thing jason's lightsaber gets taken away at the end of one book and at the beginning of the next book he's killing jedi with another one nobody mentions where it comes from he could have made it i don't care say yeah just say now maybe that's an editing thing where your editor's like listen man this is a half a page on we don't need this if anybody's going to question it fine but it's not you don't need an answer for that it's not important yeah. Could be an editing thing. I yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm pros and cons on this too. I do really like 
three different writing styles, mm-hmm. three different voices. Like they, the books sound different. They use different characters. Yeah. Right. Aaron Alston as is Wedge and and Mirax and all them. Booster Tarek. Fucking Karen is so all over Mandos, all over the planet. The Mandalore, the Mandalore, the lores of the Mandalore, all of it. And Troy brings in Alemarar, you know, a lot of the characters from the NJO, like like Lobaka and uh, a lot of uh, like recent characters. Yeah. Some of the other guys are reaching further back and stuff like that. But I really liked that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I could also go for a, a, sing, a singular consistent voice. Like, I read The Dark Tower, all written by Stephen King. Yeah. Mind you, this is a fucking terrible comparison, because the dude wrote it from 77 to 2007. So it's like nine different voices across 40 years of this guy's life, 30 years of his life. <laughs> yeah. Right? You're not the same person the whole time he's writing that book, but... Would it have benefited more from some more consistency? Probably. Would there be less of... At the end of every book, everybody's like, we got to do the thing. And then at the beginning of the book, they're like, should we do the thing? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, you get that backpedal transition every fucking book just about. And would it also have maybe been like a detriment to have yeah. all one writer? Because by the time you get to the end of a nine book series, especially written in that short amount of time. Right. It gets Stale. monotonous. Yeah. That's what I. That's the pros of the of the the fresh voice and different style and different you know uh, chapter headings and this person puts quotes in this person puts jokes in it just sometimes it got on our nerves and shit like that but like yeah. no it's good it is good to have that variability mm-hmm. so I think overall a three author triple trilogy nine book series worked well pulled off. Yeah, fantastically well. So well, in fact, that they planned another one right after this. <laughs> you know? One more question. Two more questions, I lied. Uh-huh. Damn it. If you could pick one thing to have more of in these books, what is it? Okay. And let's take Jaina off the table. Yeah, that's yeah, no, the I'm obvious not... answer, right? That's the obvious answer for both of us. We talked about it enough. Um, for me, while you think, because yeah. again, I'm just fucking just... throwing these questions at you out of nowhere. For yeah, me, it would be those inner thoughts for everybody. When Jason dies and Leia feels it in the force at the end, mm-hmm. we cut to Han and Leia and that's it. There's not a lot of moments where we get into characters introspection on an emotional level where they're thinking about how they're feeling and why that's motivating them to do things. Right. Yeah. I was so, I even said it in the notes as I was writing that last episode for the four chapters, we're building up to like the big vignette of like cut, 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 cut to everybody reacting to Jason's death. And no, Ben doesn't react to here. He doesn't react. Luke doesn't react. I can't believe that. Han and Leia barely react more emotional value given into the character's choices is what I want. Mm -hmm. And now that's like a fucking lofty douchey thing to say, but 
You know what I mean? It sounds like, oh, you didn't do enough good enough job. But no, like, I just want more of it. Yeah. yeah. And and mine's along the the same same lines. And the explanations as to why people are doing what they're doing. More specifically, why they're not. Yeah. Doing what they should obviously be yeah. doing, right? Or like, yeah. like you were saying, like Han and Leia going off. Why? Why is Leia allowing this? And she says, like, perfunctorily, like, I'm following. Oh, just, I'm going to see what's going on over there. Maybe yeah. it's not such a bad idea to be over there. Well, maybe it's a bad idea to be out of touch with your fucking power wielding son. Yeah. And your grandmaster brother. Like, thoughts. Just yeah. thought. On a, on a non, um, like, substance. <laughs> on a non substance. Yeah. Um, I know there's so many because Jason went off for years. Right. <laughs> to get some of that he, of what he had learned and He doesn't up. use those secret powers. He no. talks about them a bit. Yeah. Like, oh, I learned this from the fallen assy or I've some whatever, whatever. Yeah. Right? He talks about that 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 life altering soul discovering journey. Yeah. But he doesn't talk about what he did. Yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't do the things. And yeah. that that's a non substance thing. No, but I get you, man. Especially with with the point to consider that we're not ever gonna get it. Because now that'd he's be dead. really sick to have it in his book series where you know you're killing him at the end. Mm-hmm. Tell us some of his secrets before he dies. Yeah, that's cool. Apparently, he learned Shatterpoint along the way. You know, yeah, like that kind of shit. He actually used that power, though, so hey, kudos. In a battle. <laughs> Jaina just practiced. All right. Our final topic to close off our discussion of the Legacy of the Force series. Think while I talk of your top three moments across the books. I could talk first. While I talk. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I have three different moments. I don't think you'll steal mine. And they're for three different reasons. Okay. I, I I specifically chose ones that have three different reasons to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My first one, just because it's hilarious. Good. Was when... Luke crushes Jason in his chair and just leaves him sitting there like a baby. Like a toddler. On the just floor. like a baby. Legs splayed out in yeah. front of him. Toes pointed at the ceiling. Just because it made me laugh. It's such a pimp move. Yeah. that was, And it showed how strong Luke was. Yeah. My next one is... Uh, These are not necessarily in any particular order. No, no, no. Just three hot, hot moments. I look like we're on video. I look yeah, at the you freaking look screen. Yeah, TV, which is just showing you the scrolling audio recording. Yeah. <laughs> look to the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, guys, I mean... It. Next one, it, it, emotional and wisdom of, of Ben. Yeah. When Luke finally gets to talk to Mara in her force ghost form, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. just sits there... And crying, happy, happy, crying happy, crying his that dad, his dad yeah. gets to that have his moment with his yeah, lost just mom gets now. to have his moment finally. That was awesome. That was such a good part. 
And my last one, from an action standpoint, the Jason and Mara fight. You got good different reasons here. I like this. Yeah. The Jason and Mara fight just for the visceral, yeah, bloody fists and kicks. Just crazy. Really, really well written and like well described. Yeah. Be frantic and and and. I don't know. Caves collapsing and last minute blow dart thing. I got to save my life. Yeah. Right. That'll, that ties into one of my favorite moments, which was a number of moments, (laughs) which is anytime Jason goes super Saiyan. (laughs) Okay. Like that moment where he's like, Oh, I pulls himself up under the from under the rubble to, to win, to, to save the day for himself yeah. and his goals. Or when he's, uh, when he's flexing on the entire fleet at one time, making them fucking blood curdlingly, furiously murderous yeah. against like the, their own sort of just going friend. on like suicide runs. And- yeah. And just like, everybody's so v- screaming violently angry out of character in the fleet. That was like a cool show of his power. But I think the best one was, oh God, it has, it has to be Jason almost throwing Jaina into an incinerator, (laughs) 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 into a nuclear fusion incinerator. Was that a big power move? No. Was it a, was it a crazy, uh, never before seen force power? No, but it was just great. (laughs) It was just so so good. It it could, could have definitely been a funny end to the story oh big fight big fight incinerated yeah i also liked um the ben and anakin bot scenes Mm -hmm. that was like our first glimpse into ben being a thoughtful considerate wise young man yeah that was in my top five yeah (laughs) fourth place i bet um (laughs) but yeah like getting you know coming out of the njo and darkness trilogy this is the most Ben you get mm-hmm. so far. And, you know, getting early glimpses of him with Jason and he's like Jason's little fucking puppy dog following him around and stuff like that. This is one of the first bits where you see him, like we've said earlier, on his own being successful and building confidence and having a conversation with a relative that he never got to meet who doesn't know that it's a robot. Yeah. Like it was such a just convoluted, interesting concept. I fucking dug it. And this is my number one. This is, I'm going to cry. This is the best thing that A was unexpected. B is so powerful. And C has long lasting implications moving forward. Lumaya beat Luke. She fucking won and she made him darker. Mm-hmm. My nipples are hard just saying that. <laughs> it's hard to not look, right? <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm focusing. Oh, they're in there. You can see uh, them. On, on, uh, two, little, two little dots. Shoulders up. Yeah. <laughs> but no, for real, that was like, that is a shocking moment out of this yeah. book series. Not that he cut her head or he didn't cut her head off, kicked her off a fucking cliff or whatever. Both. I think he did I think both. He did both. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, not shocking that he killed her. Shocking that she won. Yeah. She outsmarted Luke Skywalker. And she gave her life to get her revenge. Which 
calls into question the mm-hmm. whole fucking thing like Jason was questioning all along the beginning. Is this really for the greater good or are you just trying to get revenge? She made it so he was had just enough darkness in him that he couldn't save the, everybody. So get this. She wins. Jason wins. Alemarar never got that balance, but I can't that was that was the best part for me was that just fucking pulled the rug right out from under Luke Skywalker, right? And that becomes a, a sort of turning point in the narrative moving forward where now it's Jaina. Yeah. Is gonna be the one going after Jason. That honestly fucking blew my mind. <laughs> Again, it wasn't surprising that he killed her or how he killed her. Or that he was angry when he did it. We weren't surprised that he was wrong. We already knew that. Mm-hmm. But one last success on the way out the door, bitches. Like yeah. that is so pimp. I didn't actually think of it that way about that it was Lumaya winning. I just thought, yeah, that would turn someone dark. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. I never thought of it but that way. She did it. She did it. <laughs> So that's it for Legacy of the Force. Luke's got a little dark. Mara is gone. Ben is the best. (laughs) Han and Leia have a new daughter to ruin. And their only surviving child is now the greatest example of a Jedi you could hope for. Not too bad. (laughs) And that's where we leave off as we look forward to what's up next. Now, we'll say this on Mike. Remember I was talking to you about like, oh, there's a bunch of short stories Mm -hmm. that is like a prequel to the next series. Turns out it was collected into a book and it's 436 pages. And I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) to be perfectly honest i didn't see how many chapters it was but like i don't want to go through it for a month and a half or two months i want to start the next series and it is not critical information it's very interesting information Mm -hmm. but it's not critical moving forward so up next we're gonna skip past the lost tribe of the sith short story collection and jump right to the sequel series, Fate of the Jedi. Written by Aaron Alston, Christy Golden, and Troy Denning. Another three author, nine book, triple trilogy extravaganza. Same format, new galaxy. Well, same galaxy, but different. Mm-hmm. And now I've tricked you for the final time. What slash who are you looking most forward to in the next series that you, Timothy, have not read? Oh, that I. Yeah, you have not read the next series. What are you most looking forward to? Blindsided. Yeah, no, I want to see um, how much more progression that Ben gets. You want to watch Ben grow? I do. Yeah. Because they made him a fantastic character in this book series. Like, 
They make you really invested in him. Yeah. It's well done. I, I want to see what he becomes. I want to see, as was alluded to by Chief of State, Dala, what happens to the Jedi? Mm-hmm. As is begged by the title, Fate of the Jedi. I think they're going to coincide. I think Ben's going to have a lot to do with that. We'll find out next week when we preview book one of Fate of the Jedi, Aaron Alston writing another banger to kick off a three author, nine book, triple trilogy with Fate of the Jedi, Outcast. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. See you next week. Yeah. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.